Welcome back in. Thanks for joining us, DJ and PK. DJ's off today, spending some quality time with the fam. I'm PK running the show. The whole gang will be back together on Monday morning, at which time we'll be talking about a lot of wins. I think 3-0 and in football. And the Jazz got an opportunity to go 2-0 and this weekend. They got tonight against the Pelicans and tomorrow night against the Pelicans. And both of them are at home. Pelicans 4-16. and 16. They Got to win. I mean, they're not must-wins for postseason or anything about that. But you don't want to be losing to these inferior teams, particularly as we see how the Suns and Warriors, man, Suns won like 14 in a row. Warriors 16-2. and two. Don't want to fall too far behind, do you? No, I don't think so. I think you want to get going. And continue to get going. Get on a little bit of a streak yourselves, man. I'm still waiting. I've been talking about this with DJ for a couple of weeks now. I'm still waiting on a 20-game stretch for them to go 17-3. and three. The talent's there. Uh, no reason why they don't. Just really zero reason uh, for them. That ball game the other night, uh, what, Wednesday against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City playing without Alexander, their best player. And still went down to the wire. Does that give you concern? Down to the wire without their best player? Eh, not so much. To me, they won. Okay, joining us now is David Locke. He comes to us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner. Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333, 877-346-3333. And as always, Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Mr. Locke, how the heck are you on this Thanksgiving Friday? I'm a happy person, so... Oh, was I not on yet? You are now. I said, I am great because I got to ski yesterday, and I'm a very, very simple person. And if I get to ski, I'm very happy. How was it up there? How are the conditions? Um, I was stunned. Alta's actually really good. I um, I actually had kind of a funny day planned. I, I was flying solo for Thanksgiving. My wife and daughter are in uh, California, and my son is training in Maine, so... Um, there was no friends for David. So, um, I was like, you know what? I'll just go and ski Alta for a few runs, make sure my pass works, go to solitude, ski a few runs, make sure my pass works, come home to park city, take a few runs, make sure my pass works. It'll be fun. I'll ski three resorts. It'll be kind of something different. Da, da, da. That was like my grand plan. I got to Alta. It was like legitimately good. And so I never left. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that changed the day a little bit. It was great. Um, snow was good. Snow was soft. Snow was so yeah. I'm happy. All good. How are you, PK? Oh, no, one's oh, man. no one's listening to us. It's like unless they're out <laughs> Black Friday shopping already. Like seriously, let's be honest. Like the only people listening to this show today are um, going to be people that are listening as a uh, on the podcast version of it of some sort, right? Like okay, no one else is really up at eight o'clock this morning. So you and I can just hang out. We can update each other on our lives. I can find out how you really are. All that good <laughs> stuff. 
I'm coming along, still trying to fool them uh, from the last time I was on the radio. <laughs> Continue you, you're to pretty do- good at fooling, though. Actually, either, <laughs> you know, either one of two things, by the way. Either you're really good at fooling people, or you're actually just pretty good. I don't know. It's and interesting might, to me. You, you might have to give up on this whole, like, I, I hate to tell you this. But the whole bit about being not very good and fooling them, like, you might have to give up on that. Like, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. So, Uh, like, the implication of fooling people at this point, you've made a lot of fools. So you might want to just go back to the old TK, which is, like, I'm beeping awesome, Screw you. I'm taking names and I'm the best. <laughs> okay, I'll give that a shot. Uh, but okay. see, but for me sports has always been interesting because did you did you happen to see that Nick Saban rant that he did? I think it was uh Wednesday on his no. uh, uh it, he went off on basically fans making too big of a deal about this. And it's out there. You can said, look it up. Said by the guy. Said by the guy making nine million a year. I know. I know. I know. But you know, he was trying to bring it back that these are college kids and oh, and all this stuff. And and we see it. We see it every year. Every sport, all the time. People get almost to the point of too into it. And I've. I love sports. It's my number one hobby by far. It's how I was struggling as a kid to learn to read. And uh, my aunt, who was a teacher, she was a nun. She was a teacher. She told my mother, give him sports books to read. He loves sports. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm five, six years old and they already knew. So they bought me all these sports books. I, I, I remember like doing a, a uh, book report on Willie Mays. Right. And even though he was done playing, he became my favorite player. So I, I was obsessed by sports. But yet I've rarely been obsessed by the outcome of sports. And I think that's what Saban was talking about, that try to find perspective. And we see it sometimes with fan behavior, and we see this yelling, and the Jazz have had it, not that their, their fan base is unique in that regard, but they've t- think people have taken things over the top. And for whatever reason, I've never taken results over the top. I love the competition of it all, enjoy it, but don't obsess about the results of it. So I think that's where I fool people because of most of our listeners, they're obsessed with the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, the Jazz. You know what I'm talking about? All right, so I got a bunch of thoughts on this. Let's start with the first one. Nick Saban, take your $9 million and shut up. <laughs> like, a lot of people can have this conversation about it, and I think it's a worthwhile conversation, but Nick Saban's not one of them. Right? Okay. Like when you bank your nine million because of the obsession, don't complain about it. Like it's True. really ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And what it really is, is I want to sit in my glass house with my nine million a year, and the minute you criticize me, you're obsessed. That's what that is from Nick Saban. So that's gotta go. Like you can praise me, praise me, praise me, show parades to me. Buy me dinner, give me cars, don't criticize me. Now you're obsessed. That's what that is from Nick Saban. Let's be perfectly clear. Now, the next item is actually not a sports issue. It's a life issue, right? We're, 
We obsess with our politics. We obsess in some ways with our music. We obsess with our stars, our Kardashians. We obsess with our athletes. Like, that's human existence, I think, is trying desperately and consistently to find identity. And the world's not great on us. This is probably deeper than you wanted, but it's where I am this morning. Um, The world's not particularly easy for us to find our identity in the midst of all that's going on. And so we use these outside vehicles for identity. And, And a great example of this is if you've read any studies, and we're seeing it right now, frankly, with the vaccine, So for those people that have made their identity right now, this is not a, well, I can, I'll criticize you for that some other time, but this is not a criticism of that. For those people who have not taken the vaccine right now, they've put their flag in the ground on this. This has become, there's actually, the studies show, no information that you can give these people to change their opinion. To me, this is actually no different than Penn State football. I can't imagine how anyone can support Penn State football. They literally allowed a child abuser to exist in their offices knowingly and willingly in the name of having a good defense for a decade. And you're going to wear a Penn State sweatshirt to a football game? Seriously? Right? Right? Like, this is the same concept, that once you put a flag in the ground as your identity, as a human, it's almost impossible to get someone to bend. We can do that. I can offend everyone here, because this isn't, like, a criticism, people. This is a statement of fact. I mean, frankly, if you're Catholic, right? I mean, it's pretty hard to imagine what's going on in the Catholic Church, and you're still following it. The same thing for, frankly, every church. And the same thing for every political party in the state. But yet we, those, like, you know it, PK. You know every single time you have a controversial topic on the air. Someone's fandom will dictate where they are on the issue. It'll have nothing to do with the issue. It's, oh, I'm a you. So I'm going to brutalize that kid who transferred earlier this year. That had nothing to do with the issue of whether he had the right to transfer. It was that he hurt the youths. So when you line up your personal identity, which is, again, this is why, because society is brutal and it's hard, and finding who you are is really, really hard, and that's what you then use, you're not willing to bend, and so that's where the obsession comes from. I did wrap this all the way around. This was coming to the same place. And so okay. that's, that's where this comes from. It's not sports. It's not, again, Nick Saban shouldn't be the one. It's just life. It's just hard. Then how come I never bought into that? So it's the funniest. I was thinking about it. My wife never did either. So, um, I mean, how much do you want me to play Dr. Phil on you right now? <laughs> I mean, I can you. do it. Like, I know you pretty damn well. <laughs> like, all right, you ready? You went through some tumultuous early years. You found your identity a little bit with an item in your life that you added and then just had more tumultuous things that kind of bounced you around. But because you had that grounding, you've had, you've known what's important to you and who you are. And that's been your identity rather than these things. I would also say, 
if I'm really playing Dr. Phil, this show is your identity. And so that gives you're fortunate in life that you have a job and an existence that gives you a value identity. Most people don't have that. Like my identity is clearly now part of being a play-by-play announcer and uh-huh. calling games and doing that. And that's part of who I am. And if I didn't have that, then I would probably be on the same search that a lot of other people are. And so for those of us that actually have a grounding and are fortunate enough to have a life and an existence that is beyond, you know, abnormal that you have either positively or negatively an identity out of your work, ideally it's out of your family, but most people don't get that. They need something else. Then you don't probably fall out. You're not as susceptible to it. I mean, we can, you know, movements in society and in all societies, you're really like just into my sociology, political science today. Wow. You know, Look what happens when I have Thanksgiving by myself and don't have anyone to talk to for like <laughs> 10 hours yesterday. Uh, I mean, I literally like was by myself all day yesterday. Now you ask me two questions, but I won't shut up. I feel sorry for the gym right now. I feel sorry for the people in the gym. I'm going to be like that little obnoxious little pain in the ass. Hey, how are you? What's going on? Hey, how's your workout going? What's your name? Where do you work? <laughs> um, but, right, like if you look at any movement, the movements, the most movements come out of the elite leading the non-elite in because the non-elite need identity. I mean, Trumpism is identity. There's no question that's given people identity. And somebody who's on their side and rooting for them when and doing, you know, and they believe that they're he's doing things for them when the rest of society has forgotten them. That's the major, that's the majority of Trumpism. It's the same thing if you look at every major movement and revolution anywhere. Hitler is the exact same thing. You know, the Germans have been torn apart by the Treaty of Versailles and they don't have any identity and they've been ripped away in their strength and he gives them personal identity and natural national pride with all the wrong reasons, but that's what why people fell for it and because it gave them that identity. So it's, it, this is all the same thing. Like, it's tribalism. It's, it's Joseph Campbell, power of myth. Like, how far do you want me to go, PK? I'm on right now. <laughs> You're going. You're going. Okay. How about this? Uh, how legitimate are the Suns and Warriors? Neither of us played a particularly strong schedule. I think the Suns have a real background that shows that they're legitimate. Um, they really, you know, they have some basic offensive sets that are unguardable that they run, that, you know, same way we do. Um, so they're really legit. I mean, I think they were legit last year. I think they're legit this year. They're, they've got a collective identity. There was going to be the big question to me on them was whether Chris Paul wore them out. Um, he's worn out every team he's ever been with. That clearly is not the case with them. So to their credit, I do think that the Dario Sarge Frank Kaminsky injury combo will eventually come together. I know that sounds weird, but their backup center, they were able to play some stretch five and they've lost that ability. They no longer have the personnel to, to spread five wide. So they actually, for us, have become a decent matchup um, because they can't do what to us, what they need to do. And I think that's important. Um, Steph is, a revolutionary player. There's just like, we still don't get it. We still haven't realized how great he is. Um, I think we might go back in time and really regret that we didn't quite get it because he's really changed the entire game. Uh, his constant movement makes their entire team uh, unguardable. Um, he's not playing with particularly good players, right? Draymond's really special, but like, he can't shoot. Like, he's really special. Don't misunderstand. But, like, the other guys he's playing with are not, like, right? They're not. Like, and he is making all of them into viable players. I haven't looked at it, PK, but it's worth taking a run at what's happened to players who leave staff. 
I'll, I'll bet just about anyone other than Durant, obviously, who leaves the Warriors, who's been a role player next to Steph and had success because of Steph, uh, I would guess most of them aren't very good afterwards. Um, and then a really big personnel move mistake would be to be grabbing former Warriors. Now we're going to maybe Eric Bashko is going to fly in, but he played almost he played without Steph almost all the time. Um, but I, I think we're we've still kind of underestimated Steph, and um, he's just changes everything. There, you can't guard him, and you have to send two to him at all spots on the floor, and that just makes everything else so easy. And then they're really really good defensively, which is um, a little surprising. I didn't I didn't see that coming. I missed on the Warriors. So um, it'd be nice for me to sit here and kind of say they're not quite right. I do think they're 29th in strength of schedule. So I think they're really, really good, but I don't know if they're this good. But I do think, you know what? I think the West standings, as they sit right now, almost are perfect. I think it's almost how it's going to finish. I think the six non-play-in teams are in. I think the four play-in teams are in. And I think the non-playoff teams are there. Like, I I don't see a lot of shifting in the West, and I think everyone's within a seat or two of where they're going to be. So as far as the Jazz and obviously David Locke joining us, that uh, doesn't uh, – do you have any concern about being third? I don't have any particular concern about them being third. So I think the idea that playoff seeding doesn't matter is a really ridiculous concept. Um, so I do have concern – I don't have concern, but I do think playoff seeding really, really matters. For example, last year we had a first-round playoff series. We would have won 10 out of 10 times. And there probably wasn't another matchup that we would have won more than 6 out of 10 times. So the same thing, I think, this year, if you can get to one or two and play someone who's just come off the playing game, and it might be the Lakers, frankly, um, I think it's a great advantage. So I do think playoff seeding really matters. I do think home court really matters. Um, I'm not about to, like, like, so yes, I think that those things are very, very important. Do I have a concern? Um, not about that. I, I have some concerns. I, you know, we're not playing great. We don't have a good right. win yet. Right. Um, our weaknesses that existed at the end of last year are still prevalent today. Um, why they would go away, there's nothing that would have meant they would have, but can they in some way go away in the next, you know, can we be ready by game 70 is the question. Not really whether it doesn't really matter if we solve it by game 18. We're getting, the, the positive to me is we're getting tested every night at the things we're not good at. It's abundantly clear to me that all 29 other teams studied the Utah Jazz in the offseason and tried to figure out what did they do, why were they 52-20. and 20? We, we far exceeded what people would expect. What's Quinn running? How are they doing it? What makes them great? How do you deal with it? And, it's in the clip, and then they got a blueprint from the Clippers, and everyone's doing the same thing to us almost every night, which just means – we don't look as good because people are perfectly prepared for us. I, I'm, I, I'm certain the teams, that's what the league does, right? They go study three or four teams in the offseason. You know, why every league's a copycat league? Same thing in the NFL. So that's abundantly clear to me that that has taken place. And so every night, teams are brilliantly prepared to handle us in every way. And we're having to learn how to deal with it. And it's going to be a great test for 50 games for us to try to be ready by game 70 and be better at this when we face teams in the playoffs to do this to us gotcha man appreciate it thanks for your time we got to go enjoy the games uh i guess two two home games here against the same team it's kind of unusual so jake told me you were having breakfast and you needed time to be able to eat did i talk enough so that you could finish your breakfast the pancakes were done okay good glad and you should have <laughs> some bacon and 
<laughs> and a little turkey later on today. And some jazz basketball tonight. That's my life. All right. That's David Locke. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate him joining us every Friday. And so uh, you told us that uh, Joe was a possibility. Is it going to happen? Yep, 840. 840. All right. Obviously, that's right around the corner. Stay with us. Joe Ingles coming up on game day. The guy is as reliable as any person, literally as any person in this business that I know. I mean, this guy is just amazing. On game day, he's showing up because obviously we didn't have the show yesterday with Thanksgiving being the day off. Stay with us. Joe Ingles coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.